art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now I'll lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord most want to keep. God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and this is my lovely wife, Debbie. Good morning. Okay. You so, me. What? You socked me when you said that. Okay. Hey, we're off to a great start here this morning. We're glad you can join us. Sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> it's meant to be a little pat on the shoulder. Got a little too aggressive. Okay. Anyway, today we are wrapping up our series on prayer, and Debbie is here to help me again because. Uh, sometimes when we're talking about prayer, we don't talk about prayer as real conversation. Uh, we dress it up in a lot of ways. We don't pray. We don't feel like we know how to pray. And the whole series, we even titled it, Teach Us to Pray, because that's what the disciples did with Jesus. They saw him pray, and when he prayed, he prayed like nobody else. When he taught, he taught with real authority. When he prayed, he acted like God was actually having a conversation with him. And he was having a real conversation with God. And so this whole series has been... How do we pray so that we feel like, hey, we're in a real relationship with the Lord? And uh, we've adopted a simple little formula. It's there in your outline. Inside your, outline, inside your bulletin, you'll find an outline entitled Supplication. It's the fourth component of a balanced, authentic prayer life. When, if this is us and this is God, if I'm going to talk to God through prayer, well, that would consist of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We've hit these three over the last three weeks. But supplication is asking God for things. And most of us, we think of, when we think of uh, prayer, we only think of this. We think of this as just, as just asking God for stuff. But the truth is, is that a balanced conversation needs all four of these, right? Right. I think we sometimes consider God to be the genie in the sky or this gigantic Santa Claus, and we just continually um, ask him and beg him to, to bless us and to do all these great things for us. And what this reminds us of in, in going through the ACTS it's just that this is a relationship, and it's important that we adore him and, and confess and thank him for things before we um, ask him just, for needs. Yeah, it's much more than just asking for stuff. So if I have 10 minutes to pray, some of the time needs to be spent adoring God and worshiping him for who he is. Some of the time needs to be in confession. Some of it needs to be giving thanks. I mean, for instance, if I was going to ask you to help me with something, and I knew that there was something I had offended you on, how would that go? It wouldn't go. Very well. Yeah, it wouldn't. And we're not going to bring up yesterday at all. Okay, so anyway, but but that's true. In our relationships with other people, we need their help on something, but then we realize, wow, I offended them. Or the last time I asked them for help, they gave me a lot of help, and I never thanked them. Well, what we need to do then is stop and say thank you, because that would restore the relationship. If I've blown it with you, if I've done something foolish, I need to confess that to you to restore the relationship. I mean, you want to help me with stuff. Sure. I mean, we're a team, and we're married, and I want to have a good marriage, and so we work through things. And if we know that much, how much more would our Heavenly Father know? And so when Jesus talked to his disciples, he said, talk to the Lord like you're talking to your Father, your Heavenly Father. So we're going to discuss how important it is, how to ask for things today in the right way. But there's a, And so we'll come back to this diagram again and again. Let's have a word of prayer. Would you pray for us, please? Sure. Holy Father, thank you for this time together. I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds again to what you want to teach us this morning. And Lord, we're confident that you're going to show us something because your word never returns void. It always accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. 
And so, Lord, we're trusting you to um, show us something this morning. Bless our time together. It's the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Supplication, the point on point two, supplication is a vital part of authentic prayer. Supplication is just asking for something earnestly and humbly. That's what it means to come and say, God, I need your help on this. Or God, I need a provision. Or I've got a problem making the Lord aware of it. And two components of this is that in the Bible, it's very clear that God wants us to pray about all of our needs. Instead of just our needs, writing the word all of our needs. Listen to uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And Debbie, would you read 1 Peter 5, 7? Sure. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And if you'd circle the word all, I'm going to pray about everything. I uh, uh, was honored to uh, officiate at a funeral the other day for a woman in her 70s who had passed away. And one of the great treasures she left her children was she had taught them how to pray and how to study the Bible. In fact, they handed me one of her Bibles. They couldn't hand me the other one. She'd worn it out. The one that I had was so underlined and color-coded and so stuffed full of notes, you could hardly carry it. And she had carried it with her to the retirement home where she'd eventually passed away to other things. She had it with her all the time. And she had said she had gone through a battle with alcoholism in her life and had to surrender that to the Lord. And when she surrendered everything to the Lord, she said she found a peace and a joy that transformed her life. And she wanted her kids to know that. She said she'd been raised, hey, you only bring... The big problems to God. Don't bother him with the small stuff. He's the God of the universe. He didn't have time for all that. And if you've messed up and, and done things that were stupid and foolish, well, that's on you. Don't expect God to bail you out. And she said she discovered when she had to surrender her addiction to the Lord and all her problems to the Lord, she said she discovered that was all nonsense, that God wanted to help her every single day. And so she outlined things. She had notes she sent to her kids. She was talking about this all the time. And it was a joy. On the Friday after Thanksgiving, even though this person had passed away, that funeral was a celebration of God's goodness. Do you know that even when we mess up, God wants us to come to him? I mean, even when our kids mess up, we want them to come to us, right? Always. I love them. Yeah, we love them. And that's why we want them to come to us. Hey, you got a problem? Tell me. This is what God wants. Hey, you have a problem? Tell me. What we're simply saying in this series is, don't let that be the sum total of it. We also want our kids to say thank you. We also want them to admit when they're wrong and clear the air. We want them to give us compliments if they're fitting. That's appropriate. We want to compliment them. It's part of a relationship. Hey, this is something I appreciate about you. It's important. And so you can go back in the last few weeks and look at those if you want. Hey, John, I just want to add real quick. In Psalm 37, um, I love the verse, Psalm 37, 23. It talks about how God delights in the details of our life. And it reminds me that I can pray for little things as well as big things. And I pray all the time for things, maybe something I've lost and I'm looking for. I ask God to help me find it. So I love knowing that he cares about the details of my life. It's not just the big things. Right. And how this helps us is it keeps us from wasting time in worry. In fact, there's a life application we've used here many times. We're going to say it again. If you're going to worry, don't pray. If you're going to pray, don't worry. Would you read that out loud with me, please? If If you're you're going to worry, don't don't pray. pray. If If you're going to pray, don't don't worry. Man, we need to remember this. I mean, if I'm going to still worry about stuff, what I'm basically saying is, God, I don't trust you to handle this. 
I think fretting about it is going get to get me a lot further down the road. I know, Lord, you know everything. I mean, see, if we started with adoration, that's what we'd be telling him. How could we praise him as being the God who knows everything and still be worried because we don't know everything? Well, we don't have to know everything. We just have to be in right relationship with the person who does. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? Amen. It's true. Point B, so God wants us to pray about all of our needs. God wants, also wants us to pray for the needs, cares, and worries of others. I'm not just supposed to pray for myself. In fact, we, weren't, we aren't upset if our kids come in and say, Hey, Dad, could you help a friend of mine? Can they come home and spend the evening with us? We're never upset with that. No. I mean, I, mean, I love to. It's just another aspect of being involved in their lives. Yeah, and so um, I urge you, first of all, Paul was telling Timothy this. First of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all those are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. It's good and pleases God our Savior. He wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. I mean, God wants us to pray for people, especially people in leadership, because their decisions are going to impact all of us. And sometimes when I'm talking about this, I tell people, hey, we need to pray for our leaders. And they go, well, I didn't vote for them. Well, the people we didn't vote for are especially the people we need to pray for. I mean, because the Bible tells us even to pray for our enemies, right? Yeah, especially the people we don't like. I mean, it helps. It makes you like them more. And we, we went through this with our kids. If they were having a hard time with somebody in school, we're going to pray for them. And we're going to pray that God's going to show you how to be nice to them. We're even going to pray that God's going to bless them because the Scripture tells us to. And that was received not well, okay, uh, because that's not our human nature. Our human nature is, Lord, bless me and sock it to them. And yet the Bible tells us, hey, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Well, that's one of the things we want to teach our kids. Hey, pray for all people, especially the people who aren't nice to you. Now all of a sudden you're seeing, hey, I got something to confess here. That's not my attitude. And I can give you thanks, Lord, that other people were praying for me when I wasn't nice to them. Now my prayer life is taking on a whole other depth of meaning. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Why is that important, Deb? Well, it's important, first of all, that as you, you realize there's a connection there between the confession and healing. Once you confess your sins, you can be healed. Then you can come before God and have the conversation that we're talking about. The other thing that strikes me in this verse is it talks about the prayer of a righteous person has great power. Well, there are a lot of times, or in fact, all the time, most of the time, I don't feel righteous. Maybe you guys feel righteous, but I think most of us don't. We feel like, well, that means I can't pray. Well, the truth is, Scripture says we, as a believer, when we confess our sins, it's the blood of Jesus that allows us to be righteous before God. It's not anything that we can do on our own anyway. So I can actually put on the righteousness of Christ that's how I can pray with him. That's how I can walk into the throne room of God and have a conversation with a holy and perfect father, not because I'm good enough, but because the blood of Jesus makes me righteous and makes me good enough. Yeah, and so one of the things we want to talk about here is that God wants us, Jesus had conversations with his heavenly father, and we want you to experience this as we go through. We're going to cover the rest of this message. It's going to be five tips on how to have a, a, an effective prayer life uh, with God. But these were things that Jesus did, but we want us to understand, I want all of us to understand that God is speaking to us continually, and he wants us to speak back to him. And so 
when we come to the Lord and ask for things, well, we bring those requests to God. This is prayer going up toward heaven. And you can draw this out on the little white space in your outline there. But God is speaking to us too. Well, people go, well, how does he speak to us? Well, we've hit this throughout this series here, but he speaks to us through the Bible and through others and through circumstances and through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes through the Bible, we're reading, which is why we want to read the Bible every day here and we encourage you to, you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I need to make an apology to someone. Well, what would I pray about that day? Lord, help me make an apology to someone. Or I'm reading the Bible and I realize God is great and marvelous. And so I pray and I give him praise. Or I realize, hey, I've got a bad attitude. I've gotten all wrapped up in a pity party. Well, I need to confess that to the Lord and say, God, help me get over myself. This is the way it works. And you'll see this. We'll come back to this again and again uh, through these five tips that we're talking about how to have a, an effective uh, prayer life. So if I'm going to effectively ask for things, if you open your bulletins, point three, five tips. First of all, we must actually pray. That's the key. Not talk about prayer, do it. When uh, uh, people come to my office and we pray about something, they'll call me a few days later and they go, I can't, I can't believe it, God answered the prayer. And I'll go, well, let me ask you something. How much did you pray about this before you came to see me? And they go, well, I hadn't. And I go, well, there's a verse in the Bible for you. You do not have because you do not ask God. We have not because we ask not. Well, why would God want us to ask? Because he wants us to depend on him. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have this outline on prayer. What matters is if we actually pray. Second Chronicles 7.14, if, here's the big if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and restore their land. But the time when that was written, the people were not humbling themselves. And they were saying, God, we got this. We don't need you. And that humility part, that's important, isn't it? It's really important because it's, it's like a progression. You humble yourself and pray, and then and you turn from your wicked ways, and then God heals the land or answers you, restores you. And so we have to pray. We, we, how many times do people say, oh, I'll pray about that, or will you pray about this, or let's pray about that, and then we just walk off, and then how many times do we actually do it? So I think we talk about prayer a lot as Christians, but how often do we actually pray. And so this first point may seem um, simplistic, but we must actually pray. Yeah, I think I freaked somebody out a couple of weeks ago. I was at Walmart and they say, hey, would you pray for me about something? They told me, I went, sure. I grabbed their hand and started praying. They're going, at Walmart? And I go, it's legal. God goes to Walmart. I mean, it was just amazing. They were going, I didn't know you were going to pray about it right here. I go, you got a better place to pray? Well, go out in the parking lot if you think there's better reception out there. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, why are we waiting to pray? If this is heavy on your heart, remember, if I pray, I don't have to worry. You're worried about this. Let's pray so you can shop. I don't know if that was a good thing, but anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> okay, look, life application. We don't even need to be good at praying to pray effectively. Did you know that? Because here's one of the things I want to cover. Debbie mentioned part of this already. These are some problems we have with prayer. First of all, we don't pray. And here are two big reasons why. I don't know enough, and I'm not good enough. This is why I'm the designated prayer person in our family every time I go to a family gathering. John will lead us in prayer. He's the minister, and he knows how to pray. They teach you that in seminary. Okay, I'm the prayer person. I mean, right? Right. 
It's true. Yeah, even with our kids, it was funny. <laughs> we would have our sons come home, and whenever they had a, a dinner for their team that they were playing on or whatever, the coach would always turn to them and say, ask them to pray. They'd come home, it's like, what is up with that? Why do they always ask me? It's like, well, your dad's the preacher. Sorry. Yeah, they go, because you're in ministry. I know how to pray. How does that work? And I go, well, they're assuming that I've taught you. Oh, I did teach you. I mean, did you pray? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was no big deal. I go, well, good. I want them to have confidence. You know, I, do you know if we just go in and talk to God, we don't even have to be great at praying. Romans eight twenty six tells us this. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. If you and I don't know how to pray, we can boldly walk into the throne room of heaven because Jesus Christ has paid for all of our sins and opened the access to us to walk into God's presence. We can go in and go, God, I don't even know what to pray for. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to intercede on my behalf? I just know I'm terribly miserable and I don't even know how to put this in words. Don't believe me? Look at this, Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Our youngest son, Graham, was home for Thanksgiving over the last few days. And he wanted to talk to me about his future. He's graduating in May. He goes, Dad, I want to talk to you about the future. I go, well, close the door, sit down, let's talk. Okay. Now listen to this again. When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I did not ask him for a PowerPoint presentation. Where's your PowerPoint presentation? Where are the notes? I didn't ask that. I just asked him to come sit down and tell me what's on his mind. If I, as his earthly father, know that much, why would our heavenly father not know that much? And we want them to come see us. Always. They don't have to have a formal presentation. They don't have to pray in King James. They don't have to talk to us in King James English. We don't have to talk to God in King James English. We do need to talk to him. I don't have to know enough. I can ask the Holy Spirit to intercede. And I'm not, if I say I'm not good enough, then I'm saying that Jesus died on the cross for nothing. Because when he died on the cross and paid the penalty for my sins, it made it possible for me to be adopted into God's family. I'm a child of the king. I can walk into the throne room of heaven and say, Father, I need your help. And if that's good news, would you say amen? amen. Why would we not do this? If my son wants my advice and he doesn't know what to do, I say, close the door, let's sit down and talk. This is what the Lord wants us to do. I don't have to be good at it. I am good enough because of what Christ did for me. And I don't have to know that much. The Holy Spirit will intercede for me. So we need to pray. We pray. That's what we do. Secondly, or we have to pray with the right motives. First, we need to pray. But then we need to pray with the right motives. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. I mean, that's what uh, James 4.3 says. So first of all, James says you, don't, you have not because you ask not. And then secondly, when you do ask, you don't get it because you ask with the wrong motives. So you can spend what you get on your pleasures. And this is true too. 1 John 5.14, John said the confidence we have in approaching God is that we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I mean, over and over again, a big part of praying where we listen to what God says to us and then we pray back to him is to keep ourselves in alignment under him. That's the goal. But if I come in with a preset agenda here, down here, that, that I want God's approval on what I've already decided, well, that's the wrong motive. God, I know what I want, now just give it to me. 
And people will come to me and ask me questions like this all the time. So how do I get God to give me what I want? I mean, if I pray in Jesus' name, is that the password to the vault in heaven so I get what I want? And this is all too often what we think about. And we're not saying, well, God, I'm not going to come with a predecided thing. I'm going to say, Lord, these are my needs, but you're the great God of heaven who knows all these things. I confess to you that I've run my own life before and it's been a mess. I thank you for hearing my prayers. Now show me how I stay in right alignment with you. I mean, that's different. It is different. And for some reason, we think that God's goal in life is to make us happy. And that's just not the way he's developing us. And so it's not just about demanding what we want. It's asking him what we need. Yeah, and saying, God, these are my thoughts. What are yours? And that's how my conversation went with my son, by the way. Hey, Dad, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Great conversation. And now you know why. It's like, hey, God, these are the things I'm worried about. Would you speak to me through the Holy Spirit? Would you speak to me through my circumstances? Would you speak to me through others? Would you show me things in the Bible? That's how I make the prayer to the one who hears all my prayers. If we talk this way, then prayer takes on a whole new dimension. It's not just asking for stuff. It's even, are we even going the right way here? And God wants to guide us along the best pathway for our life. Now, the life application here, Deb, this is important. Prayers based on scripture give us confidence that we're praying according to God's will and with the right motives. And you do this all the time when you're praying for our kids. Well, I do, and I'm praying for everything because that helps me to know that what I'm asking for is not out of line. It gives me confidence, and I can, I can pray. If I want my, my children, my sons to be generous, so then I, I look up Scripture on, on generosity, and then I pray that for them. Uh, there's a, a Scripture here that you listed, John, 2 Thessalonians 1.11. It says, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Well, I can pray that for my boys. Pray, hey, God, will you um, give my boys the power to accomplish the good things that their faith prompts them to do? I can just take any scripture that's God's will. I know it's God's will because it's come from his word. It's his words And it gives me guidance in the way I pray. And I can insert their names into it. I can insert my own name into it. And that way I know I'm praying God's will for that person or for myself or whatever the situation is. Yeah, and think about this again. Okay, we don't pray. I don't know enough. Well, if I can read the Beatitudes where God says, where it's listed there, Jesus said, these are the kind of people God blesses. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Why wouldn't I pray that for my wife? Why wouldn't I pray that for myself? Why wouldn't I pray that for my kids? Lord, I want you to bless them. I want them to be pure in heart. Would you help them with purity today and righteousness? I know enough. I can read. I don't have to be good enough. Jesus took care of that. And I'm asked with the right motive because the Bible tells me so. You and I can do this. We can do this. We don't need to carry around burdens and not pray about things. Point C, we must keep praying and not give up. Has anybody noticed that God's schedule for answering prayers is different than ours? Has anybody else noticed this besides me? Yeah, it might be for the fact that he's eternal, and a day with him is as a thousand years, and a thousand years are as a day. There are many times I'm praying for things. We have prayed for things, some things for our children, some things for ourselves. We prayed about them for years, sometimes decades, right? Yes, and it, you just feel like, sometimes you feel like, oh, he's not listening. But then when I read scripture, I know I can trust him. I can trust him with whatever the outcome is. 
Yeah, and so another reason we don't, one problem we have with prayer is we give up too soon. I want God to work on my schedule. And that's a big thing that keeps us from doing this. And uh, we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going we're gonna to ask with the right motives, and we're not going to give up too soon. We're not going to give up. We're going to pray. If you and I will do this, we'll see answers to prayer that are immeasurably bigger than uh, anything we could ask or even dare to imagine. Okay, so one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There was a certain judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God or cared about people. And a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, look, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. Hmm. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. And the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he'll grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find faith? How many will he find on earth who have faith? And that's important. Yeah, I think that that's the key is how many will we find on earth who have faith? Um, And it says people who um, cry out to him day and night. And I think most of us just don't do that. We'll pray one time, maybe twice, and maybe one more time, and then we just completely forget about it. We just keep going. It's not important to us anymore, or we really don't know how to keep praying like this. And and I think that God honors that. The question is, do we have faith? He's developing our faith through our prayer life. Oh, yeah. I mean, talking about, uh, I mean, we've seen this as parents again with a guitar. Remember that guitar we bought for the oldest one? Oh, yeah. Still at my house and nobody plays. But all three boys went through um, lessons. And they thought... Because you play a guitar, it makes you popular. Yeah, it makes you very cool. So the first one took lessons, did it for a little while, handed it down the next one. They handed it down to the next one. So now we have this this guitar and nobody plays because... I'm going to... Maybe it'll make me popular. It'll I don't make know. you very cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But the idea was this, it's like, you know, because sometimes people ask me, well, how come God doesn't just give us what we want? I mean, if we pray about it, why do we have to keep praying? Well, just like with our kids, one of the things when you get the guitar and other things, we try it out with them. Hey, do you want this? It's like, we'll give you some lessons, get you started. But eventually they have to want to play it on their own. And I'm not going to keep paying for lessons if they're not going to go to the lessons, they're not going to practice. I mean, show me you want this. There are many things we do that with God. Oh God, I want this. And then a month later, I changed my mind. Happens with our kids. Remember, close the door, talk to God as if he's your father, your heavenly father. This is what Jesus said. Listen to it again in Matthew 7. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking, door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? If they ask for a fish, you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So think about this again. The prayer is just like talking to our parents. When our kids ask me, do you really want this? I don't mind making them wait on some things because I want to see if they really want it. And God would do the same thing for us because it shows them if they really want it. John, in this scripture, when he's saying, you know, if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? There's no indication in here that God is ever angry that we ask him. 
he's developing us. He's teaching us. And so it's just a part of the growing up process in our faith is that it's okay to ask. He may say no, but you need to be willing to allow him to make the decision. And one other thing that we have noticed very much when God allows us to pray about things for years or even decades, when the answer to that prayer comes, we give him glory, don't we? We do give him glory. I mean, and that's that's the beauty of doing something long term is you is it becomes so much a part of your heart. You know, there have been some times where I've had something that's such a burden to me. Maybe it's a, a friend or somebody that doesn't know the Lord. It's something that I'm I'm praying about over a long period of time and I'm not seeing any change. I'm not seeing any results. And you probably know what that's like. Um, and there are some times where you can go even a step further and pray and fast. And scripture talks a lot about fasting. Jesus fasted a lot and gives us a lot of examples um, in scriptures dealing with fasting. But it just kind of takes you to that next um, step of just, God, I, I can't change this. This is, this is a desperate situation, and I need you to intervene. And it just kind of takes your mind off of everything and focuses it on God. And, um, you know, we love food and we love to eat. And so it's an opportunity to give up something that we love. And during that time where you would normally be eating a meal to just pray and ask God, you know, what's going to happen? Lord, just what do I do? What do I do? Or just to have the request time. And sometimes it, it takes fasting and prayer with some things that are really deep um, issues. Yeah. And surprise, surprise. Sometimes the change isn't in our circumstances at all. Big change happens in us. We realize we've been barking up the wrong tree. We've been looking at it all wrong. That's happened more than once. Sure. And we go, oh, well, now I got a piece about this. I have a completely different understanding. That brings us to two final tips here. First, last two are these. We must trust God when we don't receive the answers we want according to our schedule. Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord. He'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He'll help you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Oh my goodness, this is hard. Now a glory to God who's able through His mighty power, Ephesians 3.20, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And that's the other part about this, Deb. When we fast and pray and all these things, sometimes God is accomplishing these gigantic solutions that we didn't even have a clue about. Sure, his purposes are much bigger and broader than ours, and we don't understand it all, but we just have to trust him. And sometimes when things don't work out the way you thought they were going to work out, can you trust him with what did happen and what's going to happen down the road a little bit further? Yeah, Waiting we, is, is key to prayer. Yeah, and we prayed and prayed. We prayed for our kids to meet the right, our sons to meet the right girls. And I mean, it's wonderful. Our middle son is getting married in a few weeks, and never forget when he was interviewing for a job and his uh, girl that he was dating at the time, she went with him and she took the day off work and she walked around the building praying for him while he was in on the interview. She passed muster. <laughs> this is good. Remember, but we prayed for years. Sure. We just didn't know her name. And God was lining all this stuff up. And finally, journaling. The last point is, Journaling our prayer requests and the answers to our prayers help us organize our thoughts and they help us strengthen our faith. Yes. Just writing things down. You have a prayer notebook that you keep with you all the time. 
I do, and a lot of it is um, just to try to keep my mind straight. I get, you know, I've, there's so many things I want to pray about. I pray for my country, and I pray for my family, I pray for my children, I pray for, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. And if I'm not careful, if I don't write it down, then what happens is I just shut down. It's like, oh, it's too much. I can't even do this. And I don't even know how to organize my thoughts. So it's helpful for me to write it down. I may pray for this person on this day. I may pray for this situation on another day. I don't have to do it all at one time in one sitting. But also journaling helps me see answers. Over time, I can pray for things, write down, oh, God answered this prayer on such and such date. And it's really encouraging. Hear my prayer, oh Lord. Listen to my plea. I'm losing all hope. This is David here. I'm paralyzed with fear. I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works and think about what you've done. I lift up my hands to you in prayer. Well, if we write that down to ponder his great works, remind ourselves, well, this is what he he answered 10 years ago. Here's what he answered 20 years ago. Here's what he answered last week. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I can trust him. I can remember how I worried about those things. And Lord, forgive me. I don't want to worry about this. Lord, I want to thank you for all that you've already done. Well, think how that changes the way I pray. So whether I have 10 minutes to pray or an hour to pray, I need to incorporate all of these things. I do need to ask, but I don't need to ask only. I need to ask him to speak to me and talk about the things he's shown me and ask if I need to change. It's it's not just how I get stuff. To help us with this today, we've got a prayer list on the back. A supplication prayer list on the back side of your bulletin. If you turn to that real quickly, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer on this, and I'm just going to ask God to speak to you and me about this. And so, if you just look at this list, keep your eyes on this list as we pray. I'm going to hit three or four things in this list. You could use this list. The value of a list like this. This isn't about individuals. This is about topics. And sometimes it helps to pray for individuals. Sometimes it helps to pray about a topic and say, Lord, is there somebody in my life that I need to pray for about this? Is this applying to me? In fact, why don't you pick one or two of these, and I'll pick two, and we'll just kind of trade back and forth, okay? Okay. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in prayer. And Father, I want to pray right now that you would protect us from the evil one. Jesus said we should pray that you would deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation, and I pray for that, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would put someone on our mind today, if not ourselves, and someone else who's been giving in to temptation lately, that you would protect them. If a name popped in your mind right now, if you're thinking about somebody who needs protection from the lures of the devil, pray for them right now. God will hear you. Ask God to open their eyes and give them strength. Lord, I just want to pray for courage. Pray for courage for everybody in this room, Lord, that as we um, go out into the workplace and our schools, Lord, that you would help us not to be um, afraid to speak your name in public. Let's not to be afraid to pray for people in public. Help us to care more about what you think of us than what other people think of us. Make us brave. Father, I pray for daily bread, for provisions financially. Lord, we've celebrated your goodness here at Thanksgiving, but all of us know people that are just having a hard time making ends meet. Would you pray for one person right now who needs help with their finances? that God would give them wisdom, counsel, and the right direction, that God would bless them. Pray for them now. God, I just want to pray for the um, leaders in our state and in our country 
and even around the world, Lord, I just feel like um, no one knows you and loves you. And Lord, I just want people to, the leaders all around the world to recognize who you are. God, I just pray for a godly sorrow that leads to repentance for the people that are in um, positions of leadership, Lord. I pray that they would walk with you, that they would know you, that you would reveal yourself in a powerful way um, to our leaders, Father, so that they would um, follow your will and the way they lead. And finally, Father, I pray that you will give us confidence to pray. We can walk boldly into your presence because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Lord, we, can, we don't even have to phrase the questions well. We don't have to explain everything to you. We just need to say, Lord, this is my heart. Please help me. Show me what to do. And Lord, your Holy Spirit, your scripture tells us the Holy Spirit will intercede on things we can't even put into words correctly. I pray, Lord, we would never use the excuse that we don't know how to pray well enough. I pray that we will never use the excuse that we're not good enough. Jesus took care of that. I pray that we would make time to pray to you. Prayer is our most valuable resource in solving problems. Why would we try to go it alone? We pray these things together in the strong name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.